Hello, it is Sunday, July 26th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is uh, another edition of the Come On Now MMA podcast daily, the daily version. Um, I had planned on having this done about two hours ago, but I went down a rabbit hole of um, a musical rabbit hole and I, I had a hard time getting out of it, so I just got out of that, pulled myself out, uh, and so here we are, and I'm going to talk about last night's UFC on ESP four, ESPN 14 fight card, specifically I want to start off talking about uh, Herb Dean's, let's say, controversial stoppage on the Francisco Trinaldo Jai Herbert fight. Um, it was a back and forth, first two rounds, and then in the third round, Trinaldo dropped Herbert. And when he when he dropped him, he his body language said that he wanted to be anywhere else but on the ground looking up to see Francisco Trinaldo's fist cocked, ready to land on his face. Uh, Trinaldo held off on delivering those blows, but because he, he I, I think rightly thought the fight was should have been over, um, Dean did not, uh, Herb Dean did not agree, and he more or less forced Trinaldo to deliver those finishing strikes on the ground uh, much to the chagrin of Paul Felder and Dan Hardy, who were working the commentary for the event. Um, Hardy and Dean exchanged words cage side after the event, I mean after the fight, and um, I don't think Hardy held his tongue because it was the second quote-unquote controversial stoppage of the evening from D Dean. And so Hardy let him have it. And uh, Felder, uh, Felder let um, his feelings be known on the broadcast. Hardy did as well, but he also addressed Dean after the event. I'm sorry, again, after the fight um, was... Hardy right or wrong in this situation I'm going to say he was I mean a little bit of both because if he has a issue with Dean and the way Dean was uh, refereeing the event he can express those feelings on the broadcast um, but that really doesn't accomplish much if you want to send a more clear message that what you think is that the referee is doing a terrible job um, and I guess Hardy felt that he had to do something a little more than just address it on the broadcast and so he addressed Dean directly Dave Shaw of uh, the UFC did not appreciate that and said that Hardy was going to be investigated and to that I say nah Come on now. 
if you're going to investigate Hardy for speaking his mind, then you should also investigate Dean for the way he performed his job, which forced Hardy to speak his mind. And we know that that is not going to happen. For some reason, referees and their decisions are sacrosanct to the uh, UFC and any other promotion, really. It's rare that a referee will be held to account by anyone um, in the any anyone in the public. So if they are held to account, it's it it is done behind closed doors for the most part, and uh, the media doesn't know about it. The the fighters don't know about it, and just if it happens, it happens in a way that we really don't usually find out about it. In the case of someone like. Mario Yamasaki, um, the UFC felt uncomfortable enough with his judging, I'm sorry, refereeing that they just no longer use him. I do not think that that's going to be the case with Herb Dean. Should it be? No, I don't, I don't think it should be, but, but should he be held accountable? Yeah, I think he should be held accountable. Um, I think uh, Dean should have to answer to the commission which unfortunately for this event was the UFC and so the UFC's concern is not in in these cases safety first it's money first and so Herbert was not really hurt but he was also forced to take some strikes that he shouldn't have been forced to take. In my mind the minute that Trinaldo knocked Herbert down and Herbert gave the chill dog sign and, and you know made it clear that by his body language that he did not want to be in the fight, that's when the fight should have stopped. Did, did Dean see that? I don't know. But Dean said that he um saw that Herbert was tracking Trinaldo with his eyes and that's well and good but when you just take into account a portion of what's happening in the cage at that time then the big picture gets lost and the big picture I think was the body language of Herbert where he he just did not want to be there he he he, he was hurt and I think he you know just did not want to be there anymore and that's when you wave the fight off if if the body language says i'm sorry if the body language says i don't want to fight and you force francisco trinaldo in this point in this battle to land some additional strikes to actually finish the fight it seems kind of nonsensical so i think it was a bad stoppage i don't think anything will come of it um, it'll get glossed over and somehow or other it's being twisted already that Dan Hardy was out of line and perhaps he was but he was out of line for a reason and I'd rather have someone be invested in safety and health rather than just pay lip service to fighter safety and health 
Dan Hardy obviously was invested in this and did not want to see someone take additional damage. And he voiced his opinion. And I, I don't think Hardy should pay for what he did either in any way. We know Dean's not going to get reprimanded. We know Dean's not going to get called on the carpet. And neither should Hardy. Now, if Dean does get reprimanded or is asked to, to tell the UFC why he did what he did, then Hardy should also have to face that. But you, you the UFC can't play one side against the other here. They, it's either both are in the shit or neither is in the shit. And... The way the UFC usually handles things, I would expect and hope that neither is in the shit. Again, I think the stoppage was bad. I think Hardy's emotions got the best of him and he voiced his opinion. And I'd rather have someone do that than just sit on their hands and and be the good UFC employee and, and not speak their mind. Dan Hardy is a a very good commentator. He's a he was a very good fighter. And it would be a shame if he if this incident cost him in any way, shape or form. Um, so I can see both sides, but if I had to pick a side that was right, I would I would say that Hardy was more right than wrong and Dean when he watches this fight back and sees everything that's going on I, I think that he might not admit it but I think that he will see that in in this fight that, that Herbert did not want to continue anymore and that he should have stopped the fight sooner probably going to be wrong about that but I would I would hope that Dean looks at it in a, in a big picture kind of way. Um, so that was a weird a weird thing, and let's look at it as a learning lesson for everyone involved, um, especially the commissions. They need to address issues forcefully and immediately when it comes to questionable judging and refereeing. Um, and if that's sitting down with these folks and asking specifically what they saw and why they made the decisions that they made, then that's what needs to get done. If it's having the judge or referee explain to the MMA media in the post-fight press conference, conference why they made the decisions that they made, then that's what needs to be done. I would, I would, I would love it if if these folks were brought in front of the media, and asked questions, and answered them honestly. Um, I don't think anyone would be hostile in their asking these questions. Uh, I think the MMA media really just need wants to understand why these decisions get made, and. If the referee can explain it fully, honestly, and openly, then why not let them do so? I don't think there's hostility there. I think that we, as a, as the media and as 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 fans, 
I think we just want to know why these decisions are made. And 99.9% of the time, we do not get to find out what what the thinking was when this was when these things happened. So I would like to see some changes. I don't expect to see any changes. Comes at Chamayev uh, really delivered in the on Fight Island. Two fights in ten days. Two different weight classes. Two stoppages. One significant strike absorbed. That's uh, that's an impressive run for uh, someone who just just joined the UFC. He looks like the real deal. Acts like the real deal. Could be the real deal. Not yet sure. Um, I'm. I don't. I don't see anything that would lead me to believe that he is not going to one day contend for the title. If there's a hole in his game, I. I would like to. I would like to see it. We haven't seen it. Um, he's. It's going to be very interesting to watch him develop it and and work his way up the rankings and see what he can do. Um, hopefully, he doesn't get pushed too fast. I don't know if that's possible, but we've seen it happen. So, kind of, I would I would encourage UFC to kind of move him along. In a normal way, um, if he keeps finishing fighters fast and doesn't absorb any damage, well then keep him active um, and keep him moving up and up and up and up until he actually, you know, see what he can do, see see what the uh, see what the limits are. Right now, they look fairly high. the The one thing that I want to add here is that I don't know if he's going to be able to fight in Las Vegas. Um, he is, I th think, fighting out of Switzerland. Wherever he's fighting out of, he um, there is a travel ban to the U.S. So unless something opens up in the next short while... I don't. I'd be very surprised, and would want an explanation as to how he can fight in the U.S. when other fighters are facing bans. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But he looks fantastic. His attitude is fun. Um, his fighting style is ridiculous, and. The bar seems very, very high for this this young man. Um, so I, I hope he gets a lot of fights and I hope he keeps working his way up because he's extremely entertaining and someone I think the UFC could push fairly easily and fairly quickly. So let's see what, uh, let's see what he does. And let's see how fast he can get back into action here and, and keep... Uh, working his way up but two finishes in 10 days and one significant strike absorbed 
that's a, that's a pretty damn good two-week run for any fighter against any opponent. So good for him, and keep watching him. So Darren Till is now one and three in his past four fights. The losses are to Robert Whitaker, Jorge Masvidal, and Tyron Woodley. Um, and his win is over Kelvin Gastelum. Um, nothing to hang. Those losses are against three fighters that not, nothing to hang his head over. But I, I'm, I'm still a little torn about the handling of Darren Till. I still think that he might have been. The, how fast he was moved through the rankings and, and up the rankings because he looked like a special fighter and looked like he could uh, be a marketable fighter from England. I think that had a lot to do with how quickly the UFC pushed him. And I think that is was a regrettable move. Now, that's not to say that Darren Till is a bad fighter. He, Darren Till is far, 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 far from a bad fighter. He's an excellent fighter. But he never got to really... I mean, he had those first four fights. But then it was, you know, Donald Cerrone, Stephen Thompson, Tyron Woodley, Jorge Masvidal, Kelvin Gastelum, and now Robert Whitaker. So his first four fights were... Okay. They gave him some time to develop, but they didn't give him a full time to develop and... And now he he's fighting he's fighting opponents that he that training camps are not going to let him develop in. He's fighting folks who he needs to train specifically to face them. And I don't know if that allows him to get better. I don't know if that allows him to improve on on his on his game um, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the, how fast he was rushed up the rankings by Dana White because the UFC thought they had somebody marketable um, for the English the England uh, market so I would like to see maybe a little reset for Till I don't know if he will be someone who is up for that because he's been fighting at the top level for the last few years. So I don't know if he'll be someone that's going to say, you know what, give me a couple fights out of the top five of the middleweight division. Let me face top 10, top 15 guys. Let me develop some skills, some new skills, some new looks. And see if I can, you know, legitimately work my way into the top five again. I don't know if it'll happen. I think it should happen. And again, this is not taking anything away from Darren Till. He is a top five fighter in the middleweight division. But I think he needs a, a bit of a reset, a bit some confidence building, uh, some time to be a, allowed to develop a more rounded game plan and get some new wrinkles to his game. Uh, so, if he does need surgery for his knee, which he said he thinks he will, 
maybe that'll be the time to allow Till to, to develop a little more than he has been. MMA, man. MMA is a whole thing. Um, we know promoters play fast and loose with the rules a lot. Um, Dana White was the kind of, he's been kind of the leader there. And a lot of folks follow him on that, um, down that road. One of those folks is Chatri from One Championship. Um, in last year, the One Championship said that they were going to approve managers and agents to work with the promotion and the rules for for that were that um, they had to meet the following minimum requirement in order to be a certified as a one championship agent and these are the requirements they're currently a resident in Asia for at least one year no prior criminal record no history or current ongoing matters of legal or lawsuit activity with any athlete a minimum of 10 years of related experience in the martial arts industry and they must possess a college or university degree and then last night Aaron Brodstetter of TSN tweeted out that Ali Abdelaziz and Dominance MMA were recently given worldwide agency certification from one championship and while the overall promotion might meet these eligible uh, I'm sorry eligibility criteria not promotion but a management team may meet those requirements I don't know if any one person in dominance MMA meets all of those requirements so it's a it's a it's a weird thing and it has caused some tension in the MMA management sphere mostly with Maoki Kawa who has had run-ins with Abdelaziz in the past questioning how dominance MMA was approved as a agency or management company that one championship will work with now and that's a good question the other good question is what right or why would a promotion be able to or allowed to approve what agents it will work with that makes zero sense in other sports that have approved or have rules as to what an agent and manager has to meet those are handed down by the players association not by the promotion and while i think mma management could use some rules i don't think that they should come from the promotion that's a slippery slope and It kind of leads down. A, it can. It could lead down a road where a fighter has a manager, the promotion doesn't like, and they can just decide. You know what? We're not going to work with your manager. And then where does that leave the fighter? At a disadvantage. 
for one. Um, so I don't like any of this. I I would hope that one championship would speak up as to why Dominance MMA was approved and how they met the criteria. Uh, we need a lot more transparency in MMA from top to bottom. And I don't think we're going to get it from one championship in this case. And I think that's a very, very bad look for one championship. Okay, a couple quick things I liked about UFC on ESPN 14. First of all, the 15 fights, I was dreading the 15 fights. But the UFC did a fantastic job keeping things moving. Um, the pacing was excellent, and I hope that that becomes uh, the norm going forward. Just fight after fight after fight. No real long breaks. No, uh, no dicking around. Just in, out. Good, good, uh, good pacing. Kept it moving. Um, so, props to the UFC for that one. That was, uh, that was real nice. Um, what else do I have here? Um, hold on. Oh, yeah, I loved that Darren Till walked out to no no music. That was um that was a pretty strong move. Uh, and it sent a it sent a pretty good message that you know that he was serious about the fight, didn't have any interest in in, in playing music for a non-existent crowd. Um, just wanted to get in there, scrap. And put on a good fight with Robert Whitaker, which he did. Uh, so, I, I really did like that. Especially considering that the song he sometimes walks out to is not a favorite of mine. I like that Trinaldo held off on delivering those fight those those finishing blows on Robert until he had to. I found it incredibly weird that Beth Cohea just stopped fighting at the 10-second warning clapper and got punched in the head a couple times for her uh, poor poor judgment. Um, and that's, uh, I think, all I have is I'm going to write some stuff on it. Um, so I don't want to give it all away here for... On the podcast, um, all in all, I thought UFC on ESPN 14 was a good event. Um, I thought the Fight Island was good in its safety, except for the time it let Dana White, Matt Sarah, and Michael Bisping out of the safety zone to film what it was essentially a commercial for Abu Dhabi tourism. I thought that was a big mistake. Um, and an easily avoided one, so I, I didn't like that at all. I think the UFC should keep the protocol it had in place for the Fight Island for these upcoming fights at the Apex because things are getting a little dicey again here in America, and 
any kind of slip-up could cost the UFC dearly. If they want to keep staging fights, the UFC needs to up its safety protocol when it returns to Vegas. Uh, hopefully they will do so. Uh, that's all I have for tonight. Until tomorrow, stay safe.